What's up, guys? Welcome back to the weekly scraps. Man, we had some great fights this past weekend. And as of right now, I'm in beautiful Calabasas, California, hanging out. Um, we got the food truck diary tomorrow, so stay tuned for that. I don't know if this is supposed to be a secret or not, but I'll be back on for the third time. It's actually pretty interesting because I actually don't mind doing that show. I think it's pretty fun. And it's something I could do to eat food at the same time while giving out some content with uh, Shab. But now that the dust has settled, before we get into that, I just want to say shout out to DraftKings because this is a DraftKings episode. DraftKings Sportsbook. Use my promo code FUNKMASTER for new customers. Go check them out. Um, all right, so now that the dust has settled from the Abu Dhabi trip, we're about two weeks removed now. Um, it's it's been a little bit of a whirlwind, whirlwind, I guess to say the least. It's fascinating that TJ is still making all these excuses, and I don't like I don't want to keep talking about this because it's just driving me nuts at this point. But I look at it like this: you went through an entire training camp. I went through an entire training camp. We both know what our limitations are when we go and spar, when we go and grapple, and the whole nine hit pads, lifting weights. We know how strong we are. We know how injury-prone we could possibly be or what our injuries may possibly be. So with that being said, you would think that if you go into this fight, you would think that I'm going to wrestle. Okay, that's one. You go into your sparring sessions, you might be grappling. You had the shoulder come out multiple times. In our fight, it came out a different way, so not the way that you're used to, okay? Um, I guess what else can we say? So if you're winning these sparring sessions because you're this confident in your skill set and your ability, what's the issue? Why is it now a crutch and now it's an excuse for what actually happened to you versus, um, I guess, your limitations, so to speak, as if we don't all come into the octagon with these limitations. So I think it's kind of disingenuous for him to do that. And, I mean, look at the videos he was posting, and people were like, oh, my God, TJ's wrestling is on another level. Uh, how Sterling going to take him down? I'm just like, dude, if he was doing this in training camp that he said his shoulder came out 20 times, um, a couple things is either... I'm a lot better, and people just don't want to admit it. Um, TJ's not as good as he says he is, and he doesn't want to admit it. And maybe the level of caliber of opponents that he's been training with, or practice partners, let me call them practice partners, just doesn't equate to the level of experience that he was going to get with me in the octagon or the looks that I get from my training partners, so to speak, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. He's going to keep talking about this and using that to, I guess, lick his wounds to make him feel better for the next year while he recovers. Um, again, you, you go through the training camp. You must be some type of confidence if you knocked out Cody. Gar oh, I knocked out Cody with two bad blown-out shoulders before. Okay. Styles make fights. You knew this was going to be grappling. When did your shoulders come out? Did it come out doing grappling or did it come out doing sparring? So, what you're saying is, because it was me, you just don't think I'm good enough to beat you, so it had to just be the shoulder. And it couldn't have just been, hey, maybe this guy was actually just better than me because I was able to get through my training sessions like this, and these guys are pretty good, and maybe he's just a lot better. 
Point blank period. You know, that would have been cool if he just left it at that, but obviously he was the one who reached down into his crotch and whipped out his sheet of papers of excuses, you know. So it is what it is. Here we are, you know, two weeks later. Um, I got to catch up on life a bit, got to hang out with some family, got to hang out with some friends that I haven't seen in a while. Shout out to all my boys, um, the Sterling clan. And I got to meet my baby niece, Rhea. Super pretty and so tiny. Oh my god, newborn. So yeah, I got to I got them getting to enjoy life. Um, I haven't even gotten a chance to really watch the fight. I watched it in the room that night with everyone around. They were all talking to me, asking me questions. So I didn't get to really watch. But um, I would like to try to do that today before I, I knock out, I guess. But I've in this two week frame been just trying to hop here, hop there, and spreading myself a little thin. I am a little exhausted. I haven't been sleeping much, and my weight has blown up. Um, today was the first day I actually did a little bit of a workout. I did a couple of push-ups, and I did a little bit of core work um, in my in my hotel room, right in my sanctuary right here, guys. And um, needless to say, I can definitely feel the difference in just two weeks off. But that's natural. You train for so long, and then you stop, and you're drinking, and you're staying up late, and you're eating crap food. It all compounds, and all that hard work you did for 10 weeks, 8 weeks, whatever it was, oh, excuse me, it's just completely gone. Sorry about that. It is late here. It's right now, it's 11.29 p.m. Uh, so, I got the rum names submitted to the, I don't even know what you call it, the TDB or TDP. Um, you could do like a soft search online, so if you guys want to see your own company or company names that you possibly want to use and see like where there might be some hiccups, you could do that. I think it's called the TTP, so I did that. And then I actually paid somebody to check it out for me. His name is Frank. Shout out to Frank um, Kaisner. Um, we, did a, we did two names, submitted them. So now I'm going to Jamaica. I'm going to do like a charity event and couple like seminars with some of the guys Marab and Al committed so the boys will be in Jamaica living it up with the rude boy them uh, and then we're going to do some exploring we're trying to make this like the way like Marab did his trip but we're going to do this in the island you know so everything I could be all right and uh I can't wait to go up go back down there and um just get to display the well of the beauty them uh of the land just for the world for see you know so that's going to be Really, really nice, and uh, I'm looking forward to because I haven't been back there since 20. Well, I went there this earlier this year, but that was like for a three day thing. This is gonna be two weeks, guys. Two weeks, and when I say two weeks, I'm doing like this. <laughs> it's gonna be two weeks. I might extend it a little bit because it's gonna be right before the holidays, and I do want to come back before Christmas. So two weeks down there, gonna make sure we we bang we're gonna bang out all these charity events we're gonna do the the seminars and then we're gonna have our play time to kind of just unwind and get crazy live like the the island guys and gotta make sure obviously I'm staying protected and being smart where I'm going make sure the guys are smart about posting locations and things like that so that we don't get caught up with any nonsense because you know you never know man you can't put it past people even though people can be happy for you at the same time them count red eye and if you don't know what red eye means Definitely go Jamaican translation and look up what red eye mean. Um, that's going to be in Jamaica. And then hopefully we can find a bottler and distiller down in Jamaica as well to make everything and process all the content down there for us. Because I would like to keep the, the authenticity 
of everything down there in Jamaica, which would be nice. I mean, I could obviously make it here in the States, but it'd be nice to kind of keep it tied to the roots and keep like a real um, authentic distillery that's like made through the lands, like the water rushes through the lands and all the liquids. <clears throat> so it's just better that way. So I, I want to do it like that. And other recap. I got my MRIs, I got my x-rays done. I should have the results tomorrow with the doctor. Obviously the fights were yesterday, so I didn't call them and bother them to read the report. I'm gonna call them and bother them tomorrow to read the report. So we'll see how that looks. Um, it was my rib, I got an x-ray in that. I got um, an x-ray on my right foot, uh, cause it's still swollen. I've been doing like some mobility exercises today. Like today's the first time I really worked out. I did some mobility exercises with it today. Try to push the swelling through. Uh, I probably should have did that the night after, the night of and the night after. Actually, maybe just the night after the fight. Just to kind of get everything moving, but I didn't do that. So my foot was a balloon. My foot was a balloon. Um, and I got the MRI on my bicep tendon again, and I got it on my shoulder because my shoulder, uh, the day after the fight, I couldn't really lift my arm. No, it was like a two days after that I noticed it. But it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't that bad before. And then it's like right when we got on the plane, I couldn't lift my arm. It was the weirdest thing. And I didn't do anything crazy. We just kind of hung out, went to the restaurants and stuff like that. So had to be from the fight, obviously. The weight cut, putting the weight back on really fast. So got that checked out. I'm going to see what that all is about. Okay. All right. So let's get into this card. Recapping UFC... Vegas 64. But before that, we got our DraftKings sponsors, so bear with me. UFC 281 is live from New York this Saturday. Get closer to the octagon with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on UFC 281 and get $200 in free bets if your fighter wins. Check this out right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a parlay today with three or more picks, and combine multiple bets like which fighter will win, total rounds, and more. And so far, I'm going to give you guys some of my picks, but we'll get into that when I get to the main card. Um, with bigger payouts, bigger payouts, no, <laughs> with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook app is where you go to bet on UFC. Your call to action. Download the sports, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FUNKMASTER. Throw down $5 on UFC 281 and get $200 in free bets. If your fighter wins, that's called FUNKMASTER this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook. See official sports betting, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Remember, there are eligibility eligibility restrictions that apply see the see the show notes i can't talk today see the show notes for details DraftKings sportsbook um but before we get into that i forgot to i forgot to also mention like coming out to cali we got the the brenda shaw food truck diaries tomorrow but saturday i came out here a little bit earlier so i could go to obj's birthday party when i'm telling you guys it was a great experience talked to my fiance briefly about it um, got to meet Brandon Marshall, connected. I'm hoping to get on the I Am Athlete platform with him. I think that's going to be really cool, especially for the, uh, I would say, the minority community to get out there and let them hear another um, fellow brother that's actually doing something productive and positive with their life um, in the form of um, not just like a regular business, something a little bit different. 
than basketball and football. Um, I think it would be cool, so I can't wait to get on there. We, we connected already. Uh, he said most definitely, so I told him, like, whatever, either in the next coming months or early next year, we could lock something in. So hopefully we'll get that sorted out. Um, saw Lil Baby, saw Bieber, Chris Brown, Tyga. It was cool. It was just like a the celebrity row. Tristan Thompson, who I, yeah, I only know him because of the whole Kardashian debacle. I, I really don't know anybody. A couple of um, Steeler players. Uh, one of them actually is a black belt, he told me. So he respected the whole training and everything. He said he loves watching me fight. It was cool, man. You know, um, just rubbing shoulders with really good people. Um, Nico Marley. Rohan Marley's son, who's relative descendants of Bar Marley, you know, so it was it was a good connecting um, event for me, just networking, meeting all these people face to face. It would have been cool to meet like little baby. I forgot the guy's name from All American. He was like Spencer James's rival, uh, the rival team. Like he was always giving Spencer shit. So it was cool to meet him. He's from Jersey, Jersey boy. Uh, but everything was cool, man. Everybody was chill, and it was a good time, good vibes. My boy Josh, thank you guys for setting it up. Um, Tans, thank you all for setting it up, hooking us up. And, of course, Sam, the dude from Utah. Not from Utah, but he's the homie. All right, now we get into this. Now, I got to start this off by saying Lemos is a monster. She is violent, and when I say violent... It's a good kind of violence. It's the violence that puts you to sleep, takes your head off. She'll send it to the next row. Um, damn, man. Like, she made that one connection with the right hand as Rodriguez was coming in. Hurt her, realized she had her hurt, did not take the foot off the gas, just put the pressure, walking her down and just uncorked a barrage of punches. And when she hits, man, it is just devastating to see how powerful that a woman that fights at 115 obviously she doesn't weigh 115 on fight night but the fact that she her weight class is 115 she can crack man oh my goodness and Rodriguez I thought she, you know obviously she lost the second round I thought the first round was really competitive it was close but I gave it the edge to Rodriguez especially with the late takedown from the reversal that Lemos had and then from there yeah, man, the beginning of that third round, she just cracked it with that right hand as she came in. And she does a beautiful job at evading kicks. So, guys, if you want to learn how to, like, get out of the way of leg kicks, body kicks, or even head kicks, watch the way Lemos, I call it the hollow out technique. And as they throw a leg kick, you slide that front leg back, and you almost, like, bend your knee and retract it in, and you kind of remove that space, and then you replace your foot. It's like a quick, subtle movement. And she doesn't waste a lot of energy. The one thing she does do, though, she moves her hands a lot, which distracts you. And you start to get lulled to sleep because you don't know where the hands are going to be or when they're going to actually shoot out when you're moving them around. So it's just kind of like always in motion versus just here. And just throwing these punches, you can kind of like not time it, but I feel like it makes it easier versus when someone's moving around and they're throwing these punches and then boom, boom, boom. Like you, you just don't know. So... I think she's going to be a tough person to beat. She, I know she lost to Jessica Andrade with that, um, I think it was standing arm triangle choke. But I think she's been looking like a killer of late. And now she takes, she beat the number three girl. I think from here, you, you got to put her in, a, in a, that title shot or title contention, number one contender fight uh, um, pitcher. Like, you know, like who else is 
who else is going to be there? I think um, Andrade is staying up at 25. Um, so as of right now, mm, things are looking good for her. Mackenzie Dern is there too. Um, who's the girl Mackenzie Dern? I think she just lost to, I don't know, I would have to look, but... It's a, it's a very fun weight class. 115, I think there's more females at that weight that are more of that size and that skill set. And I think they have cleaner technique. Like the way she moves, very fast, elusive, more dynamic. All the females at that weight class seem to be more dynamic. The way they throw their punches, a lot more snap, a lot more pop. And um, I think the best is yet to, come, yet to come for Amanda Lemos. And I'm excited to see where she goes next after this. But the way she stepped back... As Rodriguez, like, she did it a couple times where she was looking for that counter right hand, but she just slides back, doesn't overstep, slides back just enough, and then, boom, she cracks her opponent. So, beautiful technique. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and watch that, and you'll see exactly what I mean, and that's going to give you a little bit more insight on why she's so good and dangerous. Uh, Neil Magny, He's going to Neil Magny. He just does what he does. He's one of those guys that's just always in your face. He's not going to go anywhere. you got to put him out the same way Ponzinibbio did, which was years ago at this point. But it's one of those type of guys where, if you again, if you don't put him out, he's just going to be there the entire time. He's, what would you call him? He's like a, <laughs> I was going to make like a, um, like a, <laughs> I don't want to say an STD, but. I was going to make, like, a joke reference about that. Like, it, you know, he just doesn't go away. It goes away for, te like, a temporary fix, and then comes right back. Um, but, yeah, just one of those, man. So, good luck fighting Neil Magny. Um, he's not the most powerful guy, but he's long, he's rangy. He did a lot of this thing where he kept his lead hand out the whole time. I found that very interesting because I felt like um, it was taken away. Like, he, I don't know, like... I feel like he takes away from his power, I guess, when you're doing that because your hand's all the way out. So it's like, well, what are you going to pull back and then extend? I don't know. Or at least if you're going to line him up, kind of like Piotr Jan does, he'll, like, he'll line you up and then he'll fake or he'll throw and then he'll come back with that big cross over the top or like that overhand over the top um, or down the pipe, I should say, because it's a cross. So I think Magny could probably tighten some stuff up in that department. But other than that, I thought he did what he needed to do. D-Rod fought a good fight, competitive. I thought uh, he was going to the body really, really well. If he were to have touched that liver, I do think um, I do think he maybe would have gotten Magny out of there. But again, Magny's one of those tough, durable dudes. When he did get hurt, he pulled Garden at third round. And he did that jumping Mario kick, like... He looked like a black Super Mario, uh, <laughs> like, character. Like, he did, like, a jump, like, in third round, like, he jumps at um, D-Rod, where he goes, like, it was the weirdest-looking thing, but, like, he pushed him back towards the cage, and then he jumps and karate kicks. And I was like, this guy looks like a Mario brother, jumping up like that. But it was cool. Good for him. Get the win. Nasty. Um, clean. Need to be mean when he need to be mean, but for the most part, it's just kind of like one of those guys who's just like a constant pressure. Neil Magny's, I think you can compare him to leaving the faucet on, just cracked, and it just keeps dripping. Like, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't look like it hurts, but eventually over time, it wears you down, and eventually over time, it will break you. I'm not saying he broke 
D-Rod, but eventually over time, he was going to eventually get to him is, is kind of where I'm at or what I'm trying to say. Um, Tagir Ulanbekov, nasty choke over Maness. Now, I know Maness fought uh, Umar Namagomedov, and it was a lot more competitive than it was this time out with Ulanbekov. I don't know why. Um, I mean, it's also at Bantamweight. Maness, he looked... Maness looked... Um, I don't know. I feel. I don't know if he looks tired or he looks fatigued. I'm definitely tired right now, so don't mind me. But for for Maness, I couldn't tell what the difference was for him to have gone out like that. It looked like he was going to defend the choke, and then he had his hand down, and then at the very like the eleventh hour, he decides to put his arm over the top, and by then it was like a little too little. Too late. <laughs> like, my man, you should have done that, like, a lot earlier. When someone grabs your neck, guys, you can't hang out there and start to chill. Like, you got to address the choke right away. Don't let these guys get comfortable, especially if they're really good grapplers. Don't let anybody grab your neck and just hang out. Fight the fingers, pull that shit off, and move on to the position and improve your position. Get the hell out of there. What are you doing? What are you doing? Great win for Ulanbekov and... Nasty finish. I don't think he's... I think that was his first... Fit, might be his first finish. I should probably be looking at these things, but um, <laughs> it is right here. Um, I will say it's probably his first finish in the UFC. He's 31 years old. Yes. He lost his last one to Tim Elliott. Split decision to Anasiamento. Bruno Silva decision. And then before that, he had two finishes in a row at GFC. Okay, we got this guy, Shailen Nurdan Bieke. Crushed Derek Miner. Guys, Miner looked like he came in with a pre-existing knee injury. So I hope you guys butcher him and give him that same energy that you guys gave me for doing nothing wrong. Because Shailen didn't do nothing wrong. It's the opponent that comes in making that choice. And again, a lot of us come in with something going on. And it doesn't just like... I know you guys want to say, like, oh, you robbed or ripped off the fans. I'm like, yes and no. Like, this is a fight game. Like, how how healthy do you expect us to come into the cage? As long as we're not injured to the point where, like, nothing's, like, we're not working at all. I mean, we had to train, right? So if we could get through the train, if you can get through the sparring session, theoretically, you should be able to get through the fight. Theoretically. So with that being said, minor getting here maybe he needed the money and his payout i guarantee you is nowhere near the payout that tj got like tj making challenger money it's a big deal that's real money you know like money that could be like real money in the sense of like what we get as fighters not real money in the sense of what these other athletes get in their organizations but for us what tj was getting as as a challenger i'm saying he probably might have taken like, I got against Jan, I got 300K, and that was, like, that was to challenge, you know? So, that's, like, the standard. 250, 300. Um, so, I would imagine TJ probably got, like, 400 or 500 to fight me. That's good money. 400 or $500,000 to fight me and to take a chance. He, he rolled the dice. I can never be mad at that. So I think with Minor, he did the same thing, tried to roll the dice, but he threw the kick, 
and pretty much injure himself. I was just like, dude, if you knew your knee was hurting, why the hell are you throwing kicks? Like, that was just ill-advised on his part. But you can't take nothing from Shylin. Shylin went out there and just crushed him after that kick. I mean, but at the same time, it's not the difference was I grabbed TJ's kick and I threw him down and he posted his arm. This guy threw the kick, and as his foot went back down to land, he just said, ah, and pulled a Peter Griffin and said, if you guys know what I'm talking about, you're a good person because you you got humor. Uh, if not, damn, look it up. It's actually pretty funny. But yeah, shout out to Shaylin for getting that win. Next up, we got Grant Dawson. And this is going to be just be a quick blitz. Uh, Grant Dawson out grappled the Olympic gold medalist. Uh, I said gold medalist. I think silver medalist in um, Madsen. Now, the fact that he's an Olympic medalist and got outgrappled by Grant Dawson. Guys, this is a fist fight. This is not a wrestling match. So if this can foreshadow anything, anything, just think about my matchup with Henry Sayuda that everyone's keep thinking like, oh my God, he, he's going to be able to stop his grappling. He can stop his wrestling and force him to stand. I'm like, guys, Henry's a smaller dude. I'm not saying he can't stop a takedown. He can but at the same time, the size, uh, it's going to play a factor. The same way with this, now, Matson was the looked like the bigger, more physical, stronger guy. But he's also older. But Grant Dawson kept the pressure on, attacked the calves. Like, what do you think, is, what do you think I'm going to do against Sayuto? You think I'm going to get in the pocket and exchange with him like it's Tyson versus um, Douglas or something? Or... Ooh, some of the guys he knocked I don't even know half those guys' names that he knocked out. But it's not going to be like that. I'm not going to fight him in the phone booth. He's going to have to fight me at range. I'm going to pick him apart from range. And then when he overcommits, if he throws something stupid that allows me to level change to tie him up, he goes exactly where I want him to go, which is on the ground. Then I spaghetti wrap him up, put the backpack on him with the dwarf speed. Shout out Andrew Schultz. And I get on his back. I pound the shit out of him. Pause. And then I go home with two checks. So, guys. I, I'm not Mystic Mac, but I predict these things. Um, and don't say that's cringe, guys. If you, it's making a reference. If you make, if you make a reference, you call it cringe. What the? What is not cringe? Jesus, I said I said thank you to somebody on Twitter, and someone said you should stay off social media. This you're reading your tweets is cringe. Reading this tweet is he said this tweet is cringe. I said I looked at it. I go thank you. Prayer hands, emoji. Um, not sure what's cringe about that, but okay. Like, literally, there's no actual meaning for the word cringe anymore. Cringe is supposed to be, like, that's what you're supposed to be doing when someone does something that's cringy. Like, you see them doing something, like a guy that's dancing in front of a girl that the girl wants nothing to do with. Maybe he's drunk, and you're just like, this is making me very uncomfortable. If me making a reference about Mr. Mac is cringe, then your definition of cringe is completely different from... Everyone who has a different definition of cringe, but whatever. That was a sidebar rant. But, yeah, so I, I do think that Grant Dawson fight, he outgrappled him, looked very good. Calf kicks, um, combinations, start to pour it on him a bit in that third round as Matson got a little bit more fatigued. And I could see my fight with Sayuto going very, very similarly in that regards. Um, and no disrespect to Henry. I think he's a very tough dude. Same thing like Mark Matson, But at the same time, um, it's a grappling match versus a fight it's just different so you could take that metal say you know and shove it up your ass 
Because what's it going to do when the cage door locks and you're in there with another guy who can actually grapple, but not just grapple from a wrestling standpoint, can chain it up and then do catch wrestling and at the same time do really solid fundamental jiu-jitsu and weird jiu-jitsu as well if needed. You know, I, I I like my odds in that one. I think it would be competitive. With that said, I finish you in one. <laughs> uh, Mario Batista, he looked really good. Beasted over Lopez, who was out for about three years. I think the last time I remember him fighting was like in Fresno or something like that. But crazy back and forth fight in the beginning. Um, but you could tell who was leading the dance. And it wasn't like so back. It was back and forth in like the first like two minute stanza. And then after that, you could tell Batista was starting to take over, landing the, the cleaner combinations, getting Lopez to clam up on the cage, and then picking him apart with the shots, ripping the body. And then when he got him down, that beautiful transition to that submission from the mount to the inverted triangle and then elbow. Uh, it was it was nasty and it was a thing of beauty to watch. And I will say Mario Batista is becoming one to look out for. I think three wins in a row, um, two finishes in a row. That's a dangerous guy. I think people are kind of sleeping on him, and they need to remember that he's the real deal. He had three wins in a row. He beat Jay Perrin by decision. Kelleher, he finished him. I don't even, I'm very blown away that he submitted Kelleher in the first round. And then when he did to Lopez, um, wow. I mean, obviously with Lopez, that's a long layoff. You know, So you can make some reasoning to kind of – take away from his win, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to put it out there, put the information out there that Lopez was, he could say there's no ring rust, but he was out for three years. And then you got Kelleher. If you look at his losses, it seems like anytime he does get into a submission situation, he kind of finds a way to tap, um, even though he shouldn't. Boom. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Like I'm looking at Kelleher. I click Kelleher's name on Tapology. Umar Namagamedov also submitted him in the first round, rear naked choke, after defending so many beautiful takedown attempts. And he looked good defending those takedowns against a real tough wrestler in Umar. And then he gets him down one time, gets on his neck, and then he just kind of finds a way. Like I said, tap. Guillotine choke, Ray Rodriguez, he got the win. Um, where the loss? Montel Jackson, Darce choke. John Lineker, he, that was a knockout loss. Vera, armbar. And then earlier in his career, Andy Main, triangle choke, Jeff Smith, that was an armbar as well. So, and it's an armbar to Arthur Rofi. Whoa, whatever happened to Arthur Rofi? Wow, I forgot about this guy. He hasn't fought in a minute, the Albanian nightmare. He hasn't fought since 2016. Wow, at least he went out on a win. But, yeah, so it's it's a little bit of a tougher situation. So, I look at that like, yeah, you submitted Kelleher, but it's almost like if anyone that can grapple gets him to the ground, they seem like they can do a pretty good job of getting the submission. So, again, I'm not trying to take away from Batista, but you do have to look at these things and evaluate it in terms of, like, did this opponent want to stay in there the entire time? Did this opponent find a way um, to stay in the fight to keep battling back from adversity? Did this opponent have any skill set with the grappling? Did this opponent have any pushback with the striking? How was their defense? Can other people crack them? Like, you have to assess all these things when you come into these fights. And I think that's what I do well, which has helped me. And I try to express this to the guys that I teach or have worked with whenever we do have those, like, um, one-on-one talks. And I try to just share what I do that works for me. And hopefully, 
uh, it helps other people, inspires them to want to take their training to the next level and look at things from a different lens as opposed to just like, okay, I'm just looking at the opponent rather than looking at the common opponents as well. So you're really getting more in depth and not just looking at um, just the person who's standing in front of you. You're seeing the challenges that they face and the type of opponents that they had to overcome and who have they beaten, how have they lost. Things like that are so, so important and crucial. And again, Mario Batista coming into his own with three marquee wins, um, I think uh, it says a lot. Because Jay Perrin is a tough dude, and he went to a decision with him. And Jay Perrin is not a guy who's going to roll over for anybody who's fighting a tough dude in um, that Erosa, Raul Erosa. Even though he lost his last two to Richie Lang and Mario Batista by decision, uh, before that he was he finished a guy on CES. And I've trained with him. The guy's a tough out. He's like he's going to be there and be game to scrap the entire time. And uh, that's what I can say about that for Jay Perrin. So great wins for Mario Batista. And again, nasty finishing sequence. Um, Miranda Maverick looked good. Vienna, Vienna, Pollyanna Vienna. Oh, my God. Pollyanna Vienna starches uh, Euphre. Wow. That was just nasty. Stopped her right in her tracks. Crushed her. She put, she put her on pause. So she hit her with the first shot and froze her after that first connection. And then Frey just kind of like, and then Vienna just followed up with some big punches, and that was the fight. Nasty finish early in the first round. Uh, what was it? 47 seconds in, man. Just beast. Straight up beast mode. Johnny Munoz looked like a world beater over Ludwig um, Shaolin, which, oh my God, like, Ludwig is such a good grappler. I was so confused, like, why he didn't try to take it to the ground sooner. Um, but when he did, he eventually, um, I mean, he, 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 when he did, he just eventually lost the position because he just couldn't really hold Munoz down. And I grappled with Munoz. If there's anyone I could say, like, is com comparable to, like, my style of grappling, like, if they get you down and get on your back, is Munoz. Um, maybe not as clean as a, the back takes as the way I do it, at least from what people say. But me grappling with him, I was like, oh, this guy is a problem. If he takes you down, this is a long time. This You're probably losing the round if he takes you down. Or you're probably going to get choked if he takes you down and gets to your back. He's a solid grappler, man. Good BJJ, got great armbar attempts, and um, his back control is really, really good, especially with his figure four because super flexible. Really, really tough dude. Who we got else? We got um, this kid, Hadley. Looked phenomenal as well. And that transition that he hit, I mean, he was putting it on him in that second round. Even the first round was back and forth a bit, but Halley was ripping the body. He ripped the body beautifully in that second round. Forced Carlos to shoot. Carlos shoots, and he winds up in a triangle. I don't know how he dumps it, and as he goes to pass, he dumps it. He tries to hop, like, high leg over. He ends up in guard, and it ends up in a triangle. I'm just like, Whoa! Crazy transition, crazy, and he gets the win. Gets a nasty finish in the second round. Beautiful. Cut him open at the end um, with those with those elbows. I'm like, man, why didn't he like try to step over with that near? Like, if you have your right arm inside the triangle, step over with that same side right leg and try to escape that way. That's one of my favorite escapes from the triangle choke. I the posturing up thing and trying to like turn. 
ah, that shit just hurts my neck. I don't like doing all that. It's a lot of weight. They're pulling your head down. So as they're doing this, if I could posture up just a little bit or just keep my head up a little bit and I step my leg over the top, I just do that. That's what I do. And then this girl, Vidal, beautiful finish over Ramona Pascal, um, fly knee, KO, right to the body, and then finished her with, with punches. Um, the ref pretty much jumped in after he, he saw that she took that knee to the body. It looked like it hit her in the liver, and she kind of just rolled. I don't want to say rolled over, but she bent over. And I know what that feels like. Liver shots don't feel good. If you don't know what a liver shot is, just take your have someone take their left hand and just whack you right under your ribs, and you, you'll know what a liver shot feels like. And it does not feel good. So that is our recap for UFC Vegas 64.